praise the Lord. So, our convocations in church on a Sunday morning, I've said time and again, is more than a religious gathering. Anytime we meet in the house of God, it is our opportunity to learn something about the kingdom of God. I mentioned in Numatica Night that a lot of people have in their minds, you know, when we say that when you come to Jesus, everything will be fine with your life. Everything will be good with your life. So they have in their minds that when they come to the house of God, and when they come to church, or when they give their life to Christ, everything is supposed to automatically just fall in place. And I said, what was told you when you come to Christ, things will begin to work in your life, is the truth. Maybe some other things needed to be added to what was said to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to add that here. And I, I liken it to being going to a, a house. And they tell you, when you get to this house, you definitely find food. When you get to this house, you will get a place to sleep. When you get into this house, you get a place to take your bath. But when you enter the house, you realize that there is bathroom, there is kitchen, there is bedroom. So you enter the hall and you say, ah, where's the food you promised me? They tell you, oh, we now have to tell you where the kitchen is. In some houses, the kitchen is upstairs. In some houses, the bathroom is not inside the room. It is outside the house, sometimes at the back. So when you are not saved, when you are not born again, and we tell you, when you come to Christ, he said, come unto me, all you that labor in heaven, and I'll give you rest. It's not a lie. The truth, the whole full truth was told you. But when you now start coming to the house of God, now begin to learn the details of the kingdom that are responsible for the things that the word of God has promised you. So like I said, coming to the house of God, I, I, I was speaking to a, a young lady in, in church. She actually sent me a message when it was getting close to my birthday. And she said, and she said that, Sir, I want to thank you so much. Throughout my conventional life, you know, I thought Christianity is all about fighting devils. And truly, that's what a lot of Christians think. Christianity is all about fighting devils. It's about fighting devils or it's, it's either about fighting devils or it's about praying to receive something from God. And that's what Christianity is for some people. Now, I remember when I was sharing on growing onto maturity, and I explained a whole lot of those things. And I said, you know, you know that this is the mentality of many people. How do you know that this is the mentality of many people? Because you'll find someone say, you don't need to go to church, you can pray in your house. That's rubbish. Because the house of God, even though we pray the house of God, that's not the only thing we do here. The house of God in the new covenant is a place of fellowship. We fellowship with each other. It has nothing to do with praying to be answered because you're supposed to be answered by God even when you are bathing and you pray. He's supposed to answer you. 
So the house of God, we don't have special machines here that collect your prayers to be answered. So when people say those kind of things, you can tell that they are they have spiritual deficiency. You can say that they have no they have no spiritual upbringing. For them to say that you don't have to go to church, you can pray in your house. In the first place, who said that? We, that's what we do here. There are certain issues in your life that the prayer would have to be protracted. If sometimes a few hours. All right, you can do that in church. Sometimes after preaching, I tell you, okay, let's begin to pray. And those prayers don't even pass sometimes 10 minutes. Sometimes it's not that for 15 minutes. But when you are dealing with a very serious issue, sometimes you need to fast and pray for three days. How can you do that in church? So you see that there's a, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, ignorant talk outside there. And it's important that God's people have the accurate knowledge of God's word so that they know what to decipher and what not to. So God, sometimes when people make some of those statements, you can tell that they have no spiritual upbringing. It's a, it's a, you can tell... Uh, you don't have to go to church. You can pray your house and God will hear you. God is supposed to hear you. Okay, so pastor, why do you come to church? Because you see, when you come to the house of God, when I was teaching on the topic esoterica, there's, there are some places, I'm sure after victory by the word, I'll go back to esoterica because there are a few things I want to highlight over there. Knowing God, all right, knowing God, I mentioned something during Numatica night. I was telling the boy. I said, sometimes you need time to know God. All right? Knowing God, one of the first ways that you know God, first of all, is through the scriptures. And another way you know God is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then, another way you know God is through spiritual mentorship. And throughout the scriptures, you see that God always called men. Another one, I'm coming to punch again, is who is a man of God. We are all men of God. Charles, could I bring you somebody with cancer? Should I bring someone with cancer and show us some, you do something for us to see? Can I bring you someone with fibroid? Do something. You know, those, all those topics, uh, all those statements, they are, they are exhibition of pride in the highest order. There are men of God. And who is a man of God? A man of God is not somebody who is supposed to pray to God for you. That's where the difference comes in. A man of God is not someone who's supposed to pray to God on your behalf. Nobody's a prayer contractor. God wants to hear you. So why men of God? They are not there to pray for you. Men of God are there, anointed by God, with specific revelation from God to help your walk with God. How do I know? He said he gave some apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. For what? He said, for the perfecting of the saints. So the men of God are called for the saints. And for what? Perfecting. The, the, the Greek word used there, cataclysmon. The perfecting. It's like dressing up of the saints. 
That means you are born again, you are born again a saint, but you still need to be dressed up to fit into what God actually wants you to be. So, when you come to the house of God, God through men of God now begins to bring you the revelation of God. Let me give you for example, Martin Luther. When the Bible speaks about Martin Luther, um, no, no Bible, history talks about Martin Luther. At a certain point in church history, the church, all right, the clergy of the church were hiding the Bible. They hid the Bible and they, were, they brought in different kind of doctrine, including purgatory. Purgatory is, if your grandmother is dead, you can be paying. You know, they can transfer your grandmother from hell to heaven. And people were paying. And why would they pay? They would pay because they're not, they're not reading the Bible. Do you get the point? They will pay. You understand? If I keep the Bible from all of you and I start telling you things from my head, you will start following. Now imagine I keep the Bible from all of you, then I tell you that, you see, I'm reading the Bible, and the Bible actually said that your auntie, who was not good, you can actually pay $3,000. I know a place that before you get born again, they will lash you. Not that someone told me, I know. They will lash you, ask, are you saved? When you say no, that means they have to keep lashing you. They will lash you, lash you, lash you. Are you saved now? Yes. Then you, do, you, go, you go and stand on one side. I know certain churches that they are always expecting Angel Gabriel and Angel Michael to appear. You know what I'm talking about? And all these things, when you read the Bible, you realize that they are far away from the Bible. So during that time, when the church, nobody had the Bible and all that, Martin Luther chanced on the scriptures. And he saw the scripture, the just shall live by faith. Then he says, if the just shall live by faith, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, that means, when the Bible says the just, the just is the one who is born again. That means every born again person will require faith. And for faith to come, it will have to come by the word of God. That means everybody should have a Bible. So he started to fight the course. That is a man of God. At certain times in history too, there have been men of God who brought the revelation of holiness. Because you see, the Bible you are holding there, until your eyes are open, you will not see what you are reading. At least I've proven it to you many of you times. There are scriptures you've read that I had to open it for you. That you, you see that, oh, okay, so that's what it's actually about. But you've been reading it. I remember when I started listening to Pastor Chris, I said, ah, which Bible are you using? Because by the time he dissects the scriptures, then does the exegesis, takes one scripture from here, takes one scripture from there, then explains, oh, okay, 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 okay. That is a man of God. So, that happens in the house of God. But it is not the only thing that is responsible for your growth. 
When we started this church, honestly speaking, a lot of people used to come to me because I knew that's the traditional Christian way. Like, after service, everybody's coming to talk about your problem. I knew that's the thing, not only in Ghana, it's all over. In fact, Ghana, we are even better. What I want to preach in Nigeria, I regret it. Everybody has something to say. All right. Now, after I started, I started the church and people used to come, it's like sometimes after service, I'll have to hear everybody and their problem. I just knew that if I continue like this, I'll become 80 at 25. So, I knew that what will solve this is to teach them with the word of God. So all of you can bear me witness that throughout there's something I've been doing. As I keep teaching the word of God, the problem lines keep reducing, the testimony lines keep increasing. Because when I teach you the word of God, you now come into your place in Christ. And when you come into your place in Christ, you begin to realize that You have the Holy Ghost. You have the Word of God. And you're supposed to face those issues that come to you. Yes, definitely, there are certain of them that you definitely need the help of the pastor. And through the Spirit of God, God helps us. You know, for example, Numatica Night was not my idea. It was not my idea. If you know me very well, you know that I don't get those ideas. I, I don't like those ideas because it's, it's very stressful to have a program because my voice is gone. Very, very stressful. Sometimes throughout the week before the program, you've not slept. It was not my idea, but it was God's idea for what? For the deliverance of people, for the healing of the sick, for the salvation of many. So I, I, was, I was there at the beginning of this year, very early beginning of this year. No, I think late last year. And I... I went and I, um, I was sitting down and the Lord said to me, you will, have an, you will start having all nights in the coming year and this and this is what's going to happen. So I called my guys, I told them, this is what the Lord said to me. And he said, sir, we move. And this year, it's been amazing. You hear the kind of testimonies that have been coming out of it. That was never my idea. So God also planned that through the ministry he has given, the sick will also be healed. So it's not like God doesn't care about it. God does care about it. So, it's very important when you come to the house of God, you're listening to the word of God. When you come to the house of God, listen. So people come to church, what I'm preaching, they're not interested. Though. They just want me to close so they come and see me. I'm telling you, I was telling someone that if not for the Holy Spirit, pastoring would have been a very depressing job. Because when you finish talking, someone will come and ask you a question about the same thing you thought. So, huh. one time I taught in church, I taught, 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 taught. I thought about how, how, even if you want to come and share your problem with me to help, for me to pray with you or something, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. I thought that the way you even talk is, is, it can, you know, it's a problem. 
I said, don't come and cry. If you cry, till today, there are people who have sent voice notes. Once you cry, I just, I don't listen. <laughs> Pastor, I don't know who to say. I don't want to hear it. That means the problem you're having is not your problem. There's another problem under the problem you're having. Come, Pastor, please. There's an issue. And Pastor, I want to join my, my faith with yours. You come full of faith. Because the anointing doesn't work. Are, are you listening? The anointing does not work. The anointing does not work with tears and complaints. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please God, not without tears. There's a place you use tears. And I've taught you when to use tears. And how to use it. Because when it's come from the place of sorrow, forget it. When it's come from a place of change, it'll work. The same tears come from the place of, oh God, why Lord, why me, who should it be? <laughs> but when it's come from a place of, you are crying because Lord, enough is enough, you get your change. It's like in an exam, when an, an, an exam is, uh, an exam comes and two people are, there are two people crying. One is crying that, <gasps> I failed, I failed, I failed. is crying, this is not supposed to be my position. Are you getting it? No, I see what I'm saying. So I said, this is not supposed to be my position. I, I, this is not supposed to be my position. One person is saying, oh, what's wrong with me? Today, I'm trusting the Lord that I'll be able to um, delve into a few things. I, I don't know the class, you know, spiritually, in spiritual things, there are classes. So you have to know what to share at what time. And... Sometimes you have to check the class that people are in, or the class majority of people are in, then you can know the, the kind of things to share. So I'm looking at how we are climbing. So by the spirit, I, I know that, you know, if you have not done foundation school, when we start, you have to do foundation school because it's too key. It's one of the things that, you know, because I don't know everybody here. I know some. I don't know everybody here. And I, sometimes I'll be wondering, what can I share? What can I not share? Because it's not everything we share. I've been teaching on victory by the word. We are going to another dimension of that. When you start listening to me, when you, when, if it's your first time listening to me or second time, Try not to add to what you know 
Don't try to add what I'm, <laughs> what I'm teaching to what you know. Try not to do that. Be ready to start all over. I remember when I was teaching on three, three nights of faith and power. I was doing on three nights of, when I was doing three nights of faith and power, I was teaching. And um, because it was online, sometimes I used to watch the comment section to check if everything was fine at their side on YouTube. So I said I was going to, I was going to break down the topic of faith, all right? Then someone started de defining faith in the comment section. So what's wrong with you people, Seth? If I tell you that, act your faith for me to see now. Can you do it? You won't be able to act it. All you have is a definition. I told you spiritually, the fact that you know something doesn't mean you know it. Spiritually, the only way we know that you know something is that you can do it. What you cannot do, you do not know. How many people have said by stripes I'm healed, but they are, what else is pain in them? So I said, so humble yourself. You know, you know I'm, I'm talking like this? Because God told me, check, check your Christianity, especially those who have been born again for long. When you started fresh, anything you do, it works. You pray about something, it works. You pray concerning healing, it works. After a while, you, you pray, and it doesn't really work like that. You know one of the reasons? Because... When you didn't know anything at all, it was easier for you to act. After a while, you now began to know by stripes I'm healed. So now when we are preaching by stripes, I'm, oh yeah, that scripture, I know it. You see? God, one time, I was, I, was, I was working, I was battling a certain sickness. So while I was battling a sickness, I just knew that this, this kind of thing, I just need to get light, the light of God's word on it. So I started listening to a great man of God, Reverend Kenneth Hagin. And he had a, a message on, on healing. You know, because I had gone to the hospital. I had done everything. This, this thing was not leaving. I said, acting my faith, acting my faith. So I know, I, I was listening to the message. So I was listening, and he started mentioning a certain scripture. Yeah, I know, I know. Holy Ghost said, shut up. Listen. Oh, that's okay. I started listening. Listen like you don't know it at all. Which scriptures was he mentioning? Simple, simple scriptures that I know. And only goes say, if you know them, why are you still sick? So shut up and listen. So you know, when I humbled myself and I come down, I came down and I was listening, I was listening, light came. Simple scripture. You know the scripture that, that brought the total healing and the thing never appeared again? The simple scripture. The Lord is the strength of my life. I've quoted the scripture. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? But as he said, and I, and I humbled myself and I began to listen, he said, the Lord is the strength of my life. That means I'm not supposed to not be strong because the Lord is the strength of my life. Oh, oh, oh. Light came. You know what? At that time, the symptoms had not gone, but I stood up. I said, that is it. That whole day, I was still carrying the symptoms. But I said, no, the Lord 
is the strength of my life. It's not possible that I will be, no, and some people will be waiting for the symptoms to go. No, now I had to walk on. Let me tell you, when Jesus was walking on water, he called Peter. Peter did not walk on water. Because any other person who stepped in the water that day would have drowned. Peter did not walk on water. Peter walked on the word of Jesus. Because Jesus told Peter, come. And that come he told Peter was what Peter was walking on. So at that point in time, that I started acting because the light had come. I was now, my, 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 my healing was no longer, I'm not checking symptoms again. I'm now functioning by the word that came. So I just knew, I'll just be walking as if everything is fine. I'll open the fridge, you know, see the symptoms would just be there. I've just forgotten about it. You know, I didn't even realize when it left. I didn't realize when it left. I'm like, yes. The same scriptures I thought I knew. So I told them, I said, can you please shut up and learn about faith all over? And I, later I, I was able to prove that a lot of people didn't know it at all. So faith is to believe. Do you, can you explain belief? <laughs> and they think that faith is vim. Oh, I, I get a faith, but they are talking about vim. It has nothing to do with vim. Vim is actually the last thing that happens in the equation of faith. Vim is the last thing that happens. There are four equations. The fourth one is the vim. So you cannot start at number four. I've broken a few proud minds. Now I can teach. If you still carry the pride after this, your problem is not here, we'll solve it. John chapter 16. Verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you might have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus is speaking here. He says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The word is, I have overcome the world. Amazing. I have overcome. He says, in the world you have tribulation, but I have overcome. That means, like I said in the service, in the Jumanskan night, I said, peace is not the absence of war. Why did this happen to you? Why did that financial problem happen? Why did that thing happen to you? Why did it happen to your parents? Why did this thing happen? Why is there um, constant issue, this issue in your family or whatever. He says in the world you have tribulation. So we are not saying that Christianity in itself does not present any challenge. But Jesus said he has overcome the world. Now, what is responsible for overcoming? Because I'm teaching victory by the word because there are challenges that come to us, the challenges that will come to us 
once the Bible keeps talking to us about the adversary, the devil, it means he's never going to rest. Bible says that when he tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness for three days, yeah, for three, um, on three times, after 40 days of, of fasting and prayer, after three times of testing Jesus Christ, Bible says he left for a season. That means he was going to come back. It's a whole series. Season one, season two. So the first time he came to Jesus in the wilderness was season one. Another time he came back to Jesus was through Peter. Because the devil saw that if he comes the way he came in the wilderness, Jesus knows what to do. Jesus is going to use the word that he used there. Get it behind himself. That one, the Satan came himself. But this time around, Satan now comes through Peter and comes through, you know, like a friend. Someone who's close to you. The person now acts. So now it's not like white is the opposite of black. Now it's gray. It's not very close to you, looking like what cannot be wrong. Then the guy gives you an advice. Even uses the Bible to advise you. Peter said, Master, don't say you die. Confess good things. Then Jesus Christ says, get thee behind me, Satan. After that particular thing, Jesus now tells Peter, he said, Peter, Peter, Satan has decided to sift you as wheat. Now hold on. You just became a vessel of the devil. After the devil used you, he plans to destroy you. Then Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So that was another season that he came in the life of Jesus Christ. He's, but Jesus said, you have tribulation, you have trouble in the world. He said, but cheer up. He said, I have overcome. When you read the book of Revelations, all the, all the people who get to heaven, that's us, right? That's me. There's no other place. It's either heaven or heaven. The other place, I don't even know the name. Talk less of going there. So, when you go to the book of Revelations, he talks about the people who ended up in heaven. He called them, they that overcame. He that overcometh. He talked about them. He said, he that overcometh, I will make a pillar. He that overcometh, I will make this. He that overcometh, I will do that. He that overcometh. So, you find he that overcometh in the book of Revelation so many times. That means there are things to overcome. There are things to overcome. Problems gravitate towards solution. The problem you have in your life is because it was tailor-made for you. You didn't catch that. The problem you have in your life is tailor-made for you. It is not above you. <laughs> it is not above you. Because when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that there's, there's no temptation that has come to man except that which is common to man. That the one you can't handle has not yet come to you. And pastor, my family, this, this, this. It's tailor-made for you. 
It's tailor made for you. No, Pastor, I cannot. You can. You can. You need to find out from the word of God what you need to do. I tell people, I said, there's, pro there's a progression in the word of God. So, the thing you knew years ago probably won't work today. Because there's a progression in the word of God. Take when the angel came to Mary. He came to Mary and said, with God, all things are possible. That's what he told Mary. He said, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And that is easier to relate with. And say that, oh, with God, all things are possible. And that's the level many of us are. With God, all things are possible. It's not, it's not, it's not difficult to relate with something like that. It's not difficult. But I want to find out if you can relate with what Jesus said. At that time, it had progressed. <laughs> Look at this. Mark. Mark chapter 9. Look at verse 23. Now, Jesus releases something that is higher than what the angel said. No, I mean, it's not, it's not hard to say, with God all things are possible. Oh, when it comes to God, God can do anything. It's not hard. It's not hard to believe that. But let's see if we can, we can relate with what Jesus is saying here. He says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Hold on. All. 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 All is all. Let it sink first. All is all. What you are going through, what you are yet to go through, what you have gone through, what your mother is going through that you think that nobody has ever suffered in, in, in the world. He says all things are possible. To him that believes. The angel came and said, with God, nothing is impossible. But Jesus says, it is no longer about with God. Now, all things are possible also to the one who can believe. Faith plucks you into the God realm. With God possibilities. Faith plucks you into the God realm with God possibilities. He says, if you can believe, he says, all things are possible. Before, when we are talking about things that are possible, the angel said, with God, all things are possible. We move further from there. Jesus comes and says, hey guys, it is now when you believe these things that are possible with God also become possible to you. You know, you see that one is a little hard for you to lock into. You see, it's getting a little hard for you to lock into now. Now, it didn't end there. Paul now took it a step higher. And says, I can do. <laughs> you see the progression? With God, all things are possible. That's a powerful message. But that's it. That's a preaching. Then Jesus comes and says, all right. 
When we say it's with God, all things are possible, it's like we've left it in God's hand. Anything God wants to do, he will do. What he doesn't want to do, he will not do. So why are you sick? Because maybe God is trying to teach you a lesson. Be very careful. A dear sick lady went to R.W. Schambach, a great man of God who's going to be with the Lord. Very sick lady. Went to R.W. Schambach and said, Pastor, at that time she had become well after being sick. Pastor, I know why the Lord made me sick for nine years. The Lord was teaching me to be humble. You know what? Sometimes when you are sick, you are very... Hmm. So he said, the Lord was teaching me to be humble. For, for nine years, the Lord was teaching me to be humble with sickness. So out of Bishop Mark said, okay, I want to pray for you. So, Lord, give her more sickness. She said, hey. I said, why? Don't, she asked her, don't you want to be more humble? <laughs> I think you need more sickness since you want to be humble. Since that is what God will use to make you humble. The contradiction. How will now God use a tool of the devil to now be disciplining his children? That is, with, uh, with God, all things are possible. So, with God, in the hand of God, God now decides what to do, what not to do. What to do, what not to do. Then, Jesus comes and says, hey, God is ready. <laughs> God is ready. The only thing that makes this possible thing with God possible with you is if you can believe. Then, Paul now comes, goes a step further because, now that takes me into where I want to go now. Because you see, the Christian is not a believer. You see, you are shocked. The Christian is not a believer. How is the Christian a believer? Oh, this is John 3 The one we all know. The Christian is not a believer. Let me tell you, anytime you find yourself saying, I'm believing God for, you, are, you don't have anything. And that's why I asked today that, which class are we in? Because it's like teaching algebra to a class one child. Some people will not get, but I pray that the Holy Spirit will grant all of you understanding of this thing. Oh, look at this, look at this. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him so, 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 hold on. Where did the believing happen? The believing ha happened outside, no, Jesus. He says, God so loved the world that he gave. So when he gave me, it's only because I was not born again. Am I right? That whosoever now believes, hold on, I'm standing here. He gave his only begotten son here. When I believe, all right, I've now come into it. Fine. So I was not born again. So I'm not born again. You are not coming to preach to me. Now, when it happened, when he gave his only begotten son, I was outside. So I now believed. Because I getting the point. I want to be sure you've gotten it before I continue. Have you gotten it? For those on the right, have you gotten it? You, you, the Christian is like, you can't tell the Christian to believe in Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will have to be 
not born again to believe in Jesus, then he becomes a Christian. So those on this side, have you gotten it? Over here, have you gotten it? Over here, have you gotten it? The last side. Okay, good. Now, the Christian is outside. He now sees the gospel. God has given, God has loved the whole world and given his only begotten son. Now, whosoever believes. Now, he believes. Then he says, whosoever believes should not perish, but have. So the Christian is not a believer. He's a haver. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Until we start correcting some of these things in the body of Christ, we will still be using that language. I'm believing God for. Meanwhile, God said he has. You know, when we start talking about eternal life, I, I preach this at Pent. When we went for the counter and bear. When we read this scripture, in our mind, we are interpreting. That's why I said, don't try to add to what you already know. In our mind, we begin to interpret it like this. This is how we actually read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but will have. That's how we read it actually. It's like we'll have. And he told us that eternal life when we get to heaven. No, no. The scriptures are clear. The scriptures are clear. When you believe, two things happened. When you believe, two things happened. I'll show you those two things that happened. Now, the first one that happened is that when you believe, you received When you believed, you received. He said, should not perish, but have. So the moment you believe, you have. So you can't say you have this and you are believing because you can only believe for what you are not seeing. I'm not believing for this. Stairs. I can see it. I know. How many of you are believing you are here? You believe you are here? Uh, uh, talk to me. You don't believe you are here. You know you are here. So, he said, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have. So now, it becomes a present, our reality. So, eternal life is not something we see in heaven. According to the scriptures, eternal life is not something we have in heaven. Eternal life is, is a real thing that is available to the Christian now. The day you, you became a Christian, you believed, and you didn't believe to be a believer. Look, Acts, good book of Acts. Chapter 19. I'll start from verse 1. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Then he says, He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Have you received since you believed? Because your believing was supposed to make you receive. Your believing was not to turn you into a professional believer. We believed. You know, you know you, you, how, how is it possible that you became a Christian, you believed so that you would believe more? How? So you believed then you received. When you believed, you had eternal life. When you believed, you received the Holy Ghost. When you believed, you received righteousness. 
Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he had made him to be sin, him who knew no sin, that we might be made. The second thing is you believe to become. John chapter 1. Verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. So the ones who believed became. The ones who believed did not become professional believers. They believed to have, they believed to become. You're going to be walking out of the elementary Christianity of I'm believing God for, I'm believing God for, I'm believing God for. Because once you keep saying I'm believing God for, it means you have not received. You see? Okay, Mark 11 verse, Mark 11 verse 23. Mark 11 verse 23. All right, 24. All right, look at this. Now, this is the Bible. Every other thing that we've been taught when we're growing up, and this is not it. It says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye received, and ye shall have. He says, whatsoever things, now look at the equation. Whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, he didn't say, you will receive, no. Whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray, he didn't say you will receive. Because that is what is stopping Christians from receiving. Because they are thinking, whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, you will receive. No. Whatsoever things you desire, let's read the Bible the way it is written. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you have received. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. He said that is when you have them. So there's a difference between receiving them and having them. You can only have them after you have received them. We are talking spiritual language now. First Corinthians chapter 2. I said there were, there were how many things that believing makes you? Two. There's actually three. I'll add one more. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. He says, now, someone say now, 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 now. You know, when the Bible says things like this, be, be, be happy about them now. Because if he says that in heaven, then we know that this thing is for heaven. When he says now, you know that you're supposed to be seeing this thing now. Now, if, if they write a will, your father writes a will and says that, oh, okay, this house is supposed to be given to you in 2030. You know that you have nothing to do with it now. But when he says that uh, you, are, you are probably living in a kiosk, then they bring the will. They say, by 2018, you were supposed to be living in a four-bedroom house. But you are living in a kiosk. What, what would be your response? Where, where, where's the house? <laughs> I, 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 are you with me? 
Now, that's how we're supposed to be responding to the word of God. The moment you see something that's the word of God, that has not been your experience, immediately you switch and say, ah, now, nah, what what's going on? What's going on? I remember a story that Pastor Chris was sharing. He was sharing that how he was in a meeting one day and a certain prophet came to him and said that, I can see that you don't really hear the voice of God very well. He said, yes, because, you know, almost every Christian thinks they have their problem. He said, I'm not hearing the voice. He was like, yes. So he, he thought the, the prophet would now tell him, okay, since you don't really hear the voice of God very well, do this and do that and you hear the voice of God. He said, the prophet left him. So as he was going home, he said, oh, God. God, so I don't hear your voice. Oh, then he felt so down. He felt so condemned. I don't hear the voice of God very well. He said, one day as he was reading the Bible, he saw John chapter 10. What Jesus Christ said, my sheep know my voice. He said, no, I know the voice of God. I know the voice of God. I remember teaching so much in, in those days, those days, Labon Senior High School. I touched the people. I said, never say you are confused. As a child of God, you, you cannot be confused. Bible says God is not the author of confusion. I taught the people so much that a certain prophet came to preach weeks after me and went to a lady. I can see that you are confused. She said, I can never be confused. Look, let me tell you something. Anytime you feel confused, start speaking in tongues. Then you tell yourself, I can never be confused. I'm a child of God. I can never be confused. During the COVID season, while everybody was talking, they said, this one is said, but this one, they says it's COVID. They say it's a devil. They say it's a God. It's this. Something is happening. Ah, I felt like I was confused. And I called, I called Pastor Claude. I said, Pastor Claude, throughout our life, eh? Anytime we're confused about anything, we prayed, God gave us answers. This is not anything different. Let's go to the park. Then I read the scripture. Bible says, and Daniel prayed to the Lord his God. Bible says, and the thing was revealed unto Daniel. That night, as we prayed, we did not even get to, I thought we were going to pray for long for God to talk. We got to about one hour, 30 minutes, and I had all the, the everything was downloaded. Everything was downloaded. So, ah! I lifted my shoulder. Then I started Instagram live sessions. Look, he said, now! What do you see? Oh, I've been living in a house for nothing. My father left a will that says that I should have been living in a five-bedroom house in Trasaku. mosquitoes for nothing. So, you look at this, it says, now we have received. Not now, let us pray hard. Oh! He said, no, not now. Let us first kill ourselves. Now we have received. No... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Someone say, I don't have the spirit of the world. Uh, I'll show you something after here. Uh, I'll show you something after here. You want to know it, right? All right, right. He said, but the spirit which is of God. That means I don't have any generational care spirit. It's not, it's not part of me. No, we are, we are climbing now. There are some people, the understanding is down, so you have to pray for them, for them to know that. You know, because true deliverance, let me tell you, we'll come back here. Go to Luke 14. Luke, Luke 4. <laughs> Luke chapter 4. 
I pray for people to be delivered. So don't think I don't understand. I don't, I know I'm a prophet of God. I know what I'm doing. I'll show you what true deliverance comes. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor one. He has sent me to heal the broken heart to, to preach deliverance. He didn't say to deliver the people. To preach deliverance. <laughs> All I need to do is to tell you you are delivered. <laughs> okay, go back to the... <laughs> so about 2 Corinthians. Today, church will be later off. Most bars today. First Corinthians chapter two, verse twelve. Where we're now. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. So number one, we receive to have. Number two, we receive to become. Number three, we receive to know. Or we believe to know. You believe to know. Okay. You believed. After you believed, it didn't end there. You be, you it now became a knowledge. So now. Now, now, divine life, divine health, prosperity, I don't believe for it again. It's my state of knowledge. I cannot be broke. It's not a prayer point. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've told you the story before. We're going to have a, a very serious program one day, and the financial support was a lot. Pastor Claude came, and he lifted prayer point. Let us pray for finance. I said, I don't pray for money. And truly, I did not pray for the money. And I was never going to pray for the money. And I would never pray for the money. And the money still came. Because it has now become a state of knowledge. You understand? I, it became a state of knowledge that I don't need to pray for the money. As I am doing what I'm doing, the money is supposed to find me. Okay. There's some people, it's not a state of knowledge, so you can keep praying for the money. Because me two years ago, I prayed for the money. Until one day, light hits. And I said, pray for money. God said, the cattle upon a thousand hills are mine. It became a state of knowledge. He says, now we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God. That we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. Freely given to us of God. So there are things that are freely given to us of God. There are things that are freely given to us of God. The question is, do you know the things that are freely given to us of God? That's a, that's a real question. The thing, because you are praying for something that has been freely given to you and you will never find it. How many of you, you've been looking for something you are holding before? Oh, you are holding a pen and say, I'm looking for my pen. Will you never find it? You will never find it until the awareness that is with you there comes. So your problem is not believing, your problem is awareness. Okay, go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not out of the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Hold on. You know how Christians interpret this? They interpret it like this. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, I was bound by the law of sin and death, then the law of the spirit of Christ Jesus came to free me. And you see it in their songs. Where's Patrick? Never sing that song again. 
There's a song they sing. It's, it connotes I'm bound by something and now Jesus has made me free. Please. He said what? No, no, it's not that one. No more sorrows, no more chains. Kai. Born again Christian. No more sorrow, no more chains. You know, because as you look at this scripture, you begin to think that, oh, I was born by the law of sin and death. And you see, the problem is that you are thinking, yes, I was actually born by sin and death. First, I don't know what I used to do. Do you know what this means? It doesn't mean you were born by the law of sin and death. Eh? And the law of the spirit of, right, uh, uh, of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. No. What it actually says is that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Not as in I was bound by the law of sin and death and I, it has now made me free. It's like saying it has made me death free. Some people have not caught it, so I'll explain again. Okay. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, all right, has made me, if you, before you understand this very well, you have to start reading from Romans chapter 6 and 7. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus now makes me death free. Not freed from death. It has made me death free. It's like water resist. Watch. Have you ever seen a water resist watch? No, there are certain phones that can go underwater, right? So that the flat phone is water free. You can take a picture, but there are certain phones, don't try that with. Is there a Samsung phone that can go underwater? There is, they've come. But I think it was iPhone who started it. Samsung started it. Hey, iPhone. <laughs> there are phones like that, and there are watches like that. You can wear that watch, and, and you know. And I, I, I remember my friend was wearing a watch, and he put it under. He took it under water. He was swimming, and he came back. His watch was still working, so I was also wearing a watch. I thought it's the same thing, and I just went through the water. When I came back, I was hitting. I was. <laughs> <laughs> they all were all watches, but one was something than the other. Now, at, during the Matica night, I was sharing some things. All right? And what I was sharing, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. What I was sharing, I talked about Jesus Christ. Huh? And I talked about his beginning. I talked about his, um, his manifestation. And I talked about his passion. Then I came to his church. When I got to his church, I realized that the message was not flowing again. You know why? Because probably the class of people sitting there could not take what I was about to say. So I had to end at his passion because most of them, and, and it was okay for the night because 
It was, it was enough for them to have faith for their healing. It was enough to have faith to receive the blessing from God. It was enough to have faith. You know, I'm thinking we should have a Matkana at the stadium sometime. Praise God. Yeah. It's, it's possible. It's possible. We can do it. We move, we move. All right, so now it was enough for them to receive their miracle and receive their healing. It was enough. It was enough. And it's good. It's good. But when you come to the message of the church of Jesus Christ, that's a totally different topic. By his stripes ye were healed. By his stripes ye are healed. It's not for the Christian. Someone is it? Oh, stop. Pastor, you. He'll preach that by his stripes that we are healed, but you are right now saying another thing. Oh, Lord. Understanding, understanding, understanding. All right. At what time, at what time were his stripes for your healing. At what time? I want to know from you now. At what time was that? Because I want to explain something to you. When Jesus came into the world, you didn't believe. He was manifested. You were not there. His passion was for you. Right? Then when he resurrected all part of his passion, when he resurrected, they said you became a new creation. New creation means that the death over there is not for you because you are new. Do you understand new? So how can new now by his stripes you are healed? I don't understand where the stripes came from. Okay, some people are still not cutting it. Hold on. Hold on. Think about it. He was manifested. He died. Alright? He died. Then he rose. When he rose, it is through his resurrection that you became a new creation. Because as Jesus Christ came out from the dead new, he brought us, Bible says, of his own will, begotting us of the word of truth. So as he came, as Jesus Christ came out of the grave, he came out new. Are you catching it? With a new body. So he came out new. So because he came out new, we now came out. So when we talk about his church, his church is not, I, I, I was born and I became born again. I told you before. I said, it's not I was born and became born. His church is a new species. Let me tell you something. By his stripes you were healed. It's not a scripture for the Christian. It's a scripture for the Jews. Isaiah 53, I'll show you. Isaiah 
But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with the stripes he are healed. Go ahead. Now, look at this. All we like sheep have gone astray. Now, this doesn't apply to us because we are Gentiles, so we are goats. All we like sheep. Now, remember Jesus Christ said in the book of John, he said, I am sending you to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So when he talks about sheep here, he's talking about the Jews. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, there's a difference between sin and iniquity. Sin is missing the mark. Iniquity is missing the way. Today they have charged. I've been babying people for a while. Today I've charged. <sighs> sin is missing the mark. Iniquity is making the, missing the way. When it is sin, now I'm, I'm getting deeper into my message. I, I want to close early today, so, okay. Sin is missing the mark. Iniquity is making the way. Now, if you are in sin, it means that the mark is 100%. If you get 97, you have sinned. You get 99, you have still sinned because you have missed the mark. Iniquity is you have missed the way. That means um, you accounted you for the way, but you just missed it. So the Is Israelites or the Jews were counted for the way, they just missed the way. They went after other gods and went after other, so they missed the way. That is iniquity. So the Israelites went into iniquity, but we were in sin. So before, how men were trying to be righteous and please God was they will do many things to please God. And as they do many things, if it is not up to the hundred, you have sinned. So man was perpetually in sin because man could never meet the mark. So God, through Jesus Christ, all right? Christianity, this is actually Christianity. That's why I, I started by saying, you believe you received. You believe you received. So through Christianity, this is what Jesus Christ did. What Jesus did was, he removed the old system of, you do many things to achieve the mark. He now comes, gives you the marks, and now teaches you the formula. In Christianity, you received. You didn't have to do anything to receive. You became it. You are, you are it. You are it. The thing you are praying for, you are it. No wonder, no wonder that the words of Jesus Christ, the words of Jesus Christ, he can, he can say, I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am. He's not, he didn't say, I have the way. He didn't say, I have the truth. I am the thing you are looking for. So in the old way, it is you try to be something to please God. Now, in, in Christ, you don't try to please God. Like he said to them in the Old Testament. He said, if you obey my commandments, I will make you, in the book of Exodus, he said, if you obey my commandments, he said, I will make you a kingdom of priests. 
I'll make you a kingdom of priests. Go to Exodus. I'll show you. Chapter 19, verse 6. Let's start from verse 5. Maybe we can get the context clearer from there. Now, look at it. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice, <laughs> I want all of us to read verse, verse 5 together. Let's go. Read it again, verse 5. Please re read it like you can read English. Let's go. Let's go. So, underline peculiar. Verse 6. Read verse 6 again. Now read verse 6. So underline kingdom of priests and underline holy nation. First Peter chapter 2. Now this was the Old Testament. Where he told them, do something. Do something before you can please me. Do it. If you obey my voice and obey my commandments, they were doing it and they could never do it. They were never able to do it. They couldn't meet their mark. So, God, through Christ Jesus, knows that man can never please him. Now comes and says, okay, I'm going to do something to you. I'll give you the marks for free. Then I will now teach you the formula of the marks. Look at it. Read it. Uh oh. Start from verse 8. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Now, he's talking about the people who were disobedient. Then he comes to the Christians, verse 9, and says, But ye are. He said, try to be, obey my commandments and be. He said, but ye are a chosen generation. Then he says, a royal priesthood. That is what? A kingdom of priests. A holy nation. It was there. Then he says, a peculiar people. The things that God told them that they should try to be before they can be it in the Old Testament, he, Peter comes and says that, but ye already are. Ye are. The, any Christianity that makes you feel like you are not yet enough for something is not from God. It's not from God. So God wants you to wake up in the morning and say that, ah, oh, I am a new creation. <laughs> I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. 
I thought you said for yourself, you, you allow me to be saying alone. Say, I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I'm a peculiar person. I'm special to God. So I'm a special person. You know, so people have been saying, you know, a Christian is an ordinary person. Hey, don't say anything. Don't say it. Don't say it. Am I the one who wrote the Bible? I'm not an ordinary person. I'm special to God. Born again Christian is a peculiar person. Peculiar means special. I'm a special person. Now, see what he adds to it. He says, uh, a peculiar people said that you should show forth the praise of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10. He says, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God. Glory! Now, I remember, I remember, I remember when I first saw this scripture. I was just, I was just a teenager. I was a teenager, and I used to hear my mom pray with my dad. You know, we are all nothing before God. We are nothing before God. I used to hear it in SU. We are nothing before God. I used to hear it in JSN. We are nothing before God. We are like Anthony said. It had filled my mind so much. When I saw the scripture, I said, Mommy, see God. He said that we were nothing. But when we became one again, we became a people of God. I said, Mommy, I am not an anti sight of God. I'm special to God. She looked at it, she said, Oh. So, who brought that revelation of we are an anti sight of God? Who brought it? We must look for him. Somebody said, They said, We're going to pray now. Then they'll start shaking the tambourine. We're going to pray now. You know, we are nothing before God. We are nothing before God. We are nothing before God. We are like an ant in his sight. We're like pencil in the hand of creator. And so, we are nothing. We are nothing. We are like an ant. Never stand. Worship leaders, never stand in the, the presence of God's people and say, you know, we are nothing before God. Kai, God will say, why did I send Jesus? Uh, I, I, I like the analogy Pastor Chris gave. He says, when you go to a shop and you want to buy a Louis Vuitton shoe, is there a Louis Vuitton shoe? Is there anything like that? Okay. He said, when you go to a shop and you want to buy a Louis Vuitton shoe and they say it is a thousand dollars, will you reach that? More than that. Who wears it? Me, me. You, you, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's you, it's you. I've not wanted it yet to go. <laughs> you know, when you go to the shop and you say that I want to buy Louis Vuitton, they say it's a thousand dollars. Can you say my money is two hundred cities? No, can you say your money is two hundred cities? When you pay, what have you paid for? You have paid for the value of the shoe. Am I right? Whatever you paid. You deem that the shoe is worth that amount. That is why you paid it. Am I talking to somebody here? So when Jesus was God's payment for us, what do you think we are? So, it's a slap on the face of God. When you stand for God, people say, you know we are nothing before God. Who said that? We are nothing we are like an ant. God created an ant and you to another ant? Why two ants? 
Am I talking to somebody here? Say I'm special to God. Say I'm special to God. Yeah, and it's because you are special to God when you pray. He hears it quickly, 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 quickly. In the Old Testament, listen, listen, in the Old Testament, they had to go to certain places. They had to go to certain places to pray. But here, you are so special to God that you are lying down. Sometimes you can even be on the toilet and say, Mando, Rababa. I remember when we were in university, you know, we were on Lagos campus, you know, we were there one day and, and, oh, Sakataya. Uh, I, I saw a certain guy and I gave him rhapsody and he said he can't take it I said why can't you take it he said where I'm going I can't read it there I said where are you going he said he's going to the toilet I said take it there he said no God is too clean that I, man he said God is too clean that he can't take God to the toilet can I tell you how many prayers have been answered in the toilet by me the prayers I've prayed in the toilet have been answered can I tell you in fact, I enjoy meditation there. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, when I go to the bathhouse, it's a, it's a whole full album recording of worship. Shatakavaye. I can, I can be in the bathhouse and I'll be speaking in tongues. Sometimes I'll just be there. I'll just be there. I'll be there. Because I'm special to God. He can't wait to hear my voice. Am I talking to somebody here? Let me tell you one of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's tracker in you. Am I talking to somebody here? Now, listen, listen, this is the, this is the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing that when, when you take a Sony, a Sony remote, all right, and you change on the TV, you change one, two, three, and it's changing. Why is it changing? Because there's something of Sony that is in the TV, that's in the remote. You will take another remote and it will not change. Why? Because the one, there's something. So that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit for heavenly connectivity. Because God, God had to put. I'm not talking to anyone here. God had to put something inside you. Because before, when you when you call Him, He doesn't hear. The only prayer of a sinner that God hears is the prayer of salvation. When uh, the next one, God has to now put a tracker. So that he can recognize. He can recognize the voice that is coming. When that voice is coming by the agency of the Spirit, God says that it is beyond the guy praying. It's not beyond the guy praying. Now, the guy praying is not just his prayer. It is coded with the, with the, with the uh, code of the Holy Ghost. And God recognizes the Holy Ghost. So, God hears it. It's a tracker. God uses the Holy Ghost to track you. How do you think we are going for the rapture? How do you think? The Holy Ghost is a tracker. Because the people are walking and, and Jesus, Jesus said there are two people who walk in the field. One will leave, the other will be here. If God doesn't use tracker, he will take the wrong people. <laughs> he will take the wrong people. But God, Jesus, will be coming, I would say, will be descending the clouds. Then they will put on the machine in heaven. Boom. Anybody with a truck, am I talking to somebody here? Lift yeah. hey! your hand wherever you are begin to pray in the spirit. And begin to thank God. When you are thanking God, you are confessing. You are confessing, I'm, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a rap people. You know, one day when I preached this somewhere, somebody came and said, Pastor, I like what he said. He said, but the Bible says there was a Pharisee who was praying prayer and saying that he is... He is wealthy, 
he is this, is there, and there was another man who came to, you know, came to ask God for mercy and was here. He said, but, but Jesus Christ commended the other guy who came to ask for mercy and the guy who was saying he is this and that. And I told him, I said, the reason why Jesus Christ rebuked the prayer of the other guy was because the, the guy was lying. The Pharisee was lying. He was saying, God, I'm righteous, but you are not. He was not. God, I am this, but he was not. The other guy came to speak the truth. But today, whatever we are saying is what God has made us. Bible says that. He said, giving thanks unto his name. He said, giving thanks. He said, the, he said giving unto him the calves of our lips. The cows of our lips. That means the sacrifice of our lips. That means anytime we begin to confess what Jesus has made us, it's the Bible said it's a sacrifice. It says it's called the cows of our lips. So as we are saying it, thank you, Father. You have made me a chosen generation. Thank you, Father. You have made me a royal priesthood. Thank you, Father. I am the righteousness of God. You might not feel so, just say it. Just keep saying it. Just keep saying it. Because I told you, I said you need to activate the awareness. You need to activate the awareness. When you believe, you do not believe to become a believer. You believe so that you become something. You believe so that you have something. Go ahead and begin to confess it now. Say, Father, thank you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, go back to that scripture where you put, you put the, the calves of our lips. I'll read that scripture, then we we'll begin to do it. You know, you begin to do it. Don't, don't just speak in tongues. As you're speaking in tongues, you're confessing who, are, who you are in Christ. Who you are. He said, take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive as graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. The calves of our lips. After he has taken away the iniquity, he said, then we will render to him the calves of our lips. We will render to him the calves of our lips. Of God that has made us the, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that has made us a holy people, that has made us a peculiar people, that has made us rich in Christ Jesus, that has taken us further and taken us forward by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and thank Him, thank Him from your heart. Begin to confess His word concerning your life, confess His word concerning your life, confess His word concerning your life. For the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It has made you accepted with God. It has made you accepted with God. You are no longer believing God. You have what He said. what he says I am I can do what he says I can do I have what he says I have what he says I am I 
have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. I am what he says I am. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. I am what he says I am. What he says I have. I can do what he says I can do. Listen, listen. You see, your spiritual fitness, when I was teaching on growing onto maturity, I said your spiritual fitness is what determines what comes to you. If you have not listened to growing onto maturity on the podcast, I don't know when I'll ever teach it again. Get listen to it. It's part one to eleven on the podcast. Going on to maturity in Christ. <laughs> there was spiritual fitness. There was a time in my life I needed some some money to do the work of God. It was huge. I knew that it was not within my level at the time, so I needed to activate some things. At that time, I didn't pray to God. Oh God, please. Oh God, please. Oh God, please. Those prayers, they are babyish prayers. You know what I did? I took that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I took it. You know what I did? I wrote it on my hand like this. I wrote it on paper in my room. I was seeing it everywhere. When I sit in the trotro, I will look at this and say, I can do. I can do. The money at that time was, I think... 3,000 CDs, but many years ago, many years ago, you know, it was money to me at that time. It was money to me at that time. So anytime I, my hand, chances on what I've written on my hand, my, my eye, chances on what I've written on my hand, I say, I can do. And I say, God, that 3,000 CDs, I wanted to use it to pay for Pastor Chris on Metro TV. Nobody had sent me, I just wanted to do something big for God. So, I just look at it, I say, I can do. I can do it. You know, it's not now time to come and say, I believe. No, I don't believe. I'm I'm not a believer. So, all I need to do is to activate the awareness. I can do. I can do. I can do. So, anytime I go, I'm walking around, pacing the floor in my house, I say, I can do. I can do. I can do. I can do that 3,000 years. I can. 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 We're going to do something. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Your prayer life is supposed to change. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as he have. Then look at this. He says, For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He says, For he had said, oh, This is what God has said. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Then in verse 6, he says, So that we may boldly say. So the word of God is not for reading. He said, So that you will boldly stay. That's why I tell you that those, those prayers of, I can do it. It's not. It's not an attitude of faith. I can do all things with Christ. I can do all things. So I can do all things. God is saying my heart. It's not. No. 
He said, so that you may boldly say. Some things don't happen until you boldly say them. Boldly say. He said, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that you may boldly say. So, the question is, what are you saying because of what God has said? There is what you should be saying because of what God has said. So that I may boldly say. We're going to pray. As we're praying, the scriptures that you know, you might know one, it's enough. You look at what he said, then you also say something. You look at what he said, then you boldly say something. You look at what he said, you boldly say something. It's time to go ahead and pray now. He has said so that you may boldly say boldly, boldly say Declare the word of God. 